from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Alongside Chris Lee, Dennis Cox here with you this afternoon on 99.9 The Fan. There's a potential out there that the Carolina Panthers might get a top-end wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. His name is being associated with the team. Also, Paulo Bancaro has people in another country upset at him, Chris. The NFL in Germany... It's been a long, long line for a lot of people. That ticket sold out in about 15 minutes. We have the new Kane schedule. But first, let's get into some other hockey news as we get the daily check down underway. So the NHL draft is tomorrow and Thursday, but I think we're going to see the Carolina Hurricanes in terms of making news, Chris, is through trades. Now, we're starting to see some trades around the NHL already. We saw yesterday... The Chicago Blackhawks get former MVP, former number one overall pick, Taylor Hall, as well as the rights to Alex Kalorn for just a couple of mid-level prospects because the Boston Bruins need to shed salary. So they got rid of Taylor Hall, who has one year left on his contract. But a trade that happened literally just a matter of a few minutes ago. The LA Kings went out and got forward, got center Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Winnipeg Jets. Okay, Pierre-Luc Dubois... It's one of the best two-way centers in the NHL right now, Chris, all right? And also, they signed into an eight-year contract extension worth $8.5 million. The LA Kings, to get that level of player, Pierre-Luc Dubois, gave up Alex Iafalo, Rasmus Kapari, Gabriel Velarde, and a second-round pick in 2024. That's what they gave up, Chris. So now, Chris, this is where we go into, okay, the Carolina Hurricanes. We just start to ask the questions. Well, if the Carolina Hurricanes wanted to make that move, what would they have to give up, Chris? So I did some research, all right, here ever since I saw that trade come down. So you tell me this, Chris. Alex Iafalo is the best player in that deal going to the Winnipeg Jets. Alex Iafalo this past season, he's 29 years old. He's got a couple years left on his contract at $4 million per year. He's 29 years old. Guess how many points he put up last season in 59 games? How much? 36. Oh. He put up 36 points in 59 games, which is not bad, right? It's pretty good production, but not great. That's the best player coming over. That's the equivalent of similar to if we look at what the Carolina Hurricanes did this past season. 36 points in 59 games for Alex Iafalo. 37 points in 68 games for Tavo Teravainen. Like, that's mm. like... So that's what I'm seeing. And Tavo Teravainen with one year left on his contract, a little bit more average annual value at just over $5 million per year. But that's the equivalent of giving up Tavo Teravainen, okay, roughly around that. But also, you look at Gabriel Velarde, who's a restricted free agent going over. He put up 41 points in 63 games this past season. So, again, two pretty good players, right, one being a restricted free agent. So not quite as productive as Martin Natchez, okay? Then also a young player going over in Rasmus Kapari, who's also a restricted free agent, played 66 games this past year, put up 15 points. He's a bottom-end guy. That's yes, a Puliyarvi, essentially, right? So we're talking about a player not as productive as Martin Natchez, not quite as productive as Tevo Teravainen, and a player of the equivalency of Yesse Pugliarvi in a second-round pick to go after and get a guy like uh, like Pierre-Luc Dubois 
who this past season for the Winnipeg Jets as a centerman put up 63 points in 73 games. Sign me up. Yeah. So I'm like, sign me up. Like this is the kind of thing that I know kind of gets Canes fans upset. It's like, wait, hold on. We could have offered something better. Like, okay, we could have given Tavo Teravine and Yesse Paul Yarvi and heck, one of our prospects in a second round pick next year. Canes got two of them because they had the Flyers second round pick. Like, and he only signed at eight and a half million dollars per year. Like, why didn't we make that move? I think that's a lot of questions a lot of Canes fans are having right now for a guy in Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's a center iceman at 6'3", 218, that big, heavy-sized guy that the Canes won at forward. He's 25 years old, like, uh, and he's only making $8.5 million a year. Like, why? Like, this is the kind of thing that I'm like, why can't we make this move? You know? You yeah. didn't have to give up a whole bunch of core pieces to go get this top-end guy. No, not at all. So that's I again. mean, Yessi Puglia Yarby, uh, you know, you said to me a couple of weeks ago, probably wasn't going to make the team anyway. No. Right? <laughs> so uh, him, and then we already know that if as you're going to go out here and try to get more guys in trades, as you're looking for more scoring, you're going to have to say some hard goodbyes. Yeah. And one of those hard goodbyes could be somebody like a table terabine. Uh, but you know he's uh, he's someone that sets up other people well mm -hmm. uh, when it comes down to uh, assisting on shots. But if you need to get somebody who can put him in the goal a little bit more, and you need to give up Table Teraviner for for that and another pick, and Yessi Puliyarvi, yes, let's let's do it all day every day because I I want to see what that team looks like in 2023 2024. So sign me up for that if if. If there's anybody else out there that they can even get a deal like this for, I mean, we'll we'll have to see, Dennis. But who do you yep. think is out there that they could probably get for a, a trade like this? Uh, I don't know because I was hoping that Pierre-Luc Dubois might be available. Alex DeBrinkett yeah. from Ottawa is a potential name that could be on the move out there because he is yeah. a player for Ottawa in the last year of his contract who says, look, I'm not going to make a long-term commitment to this organization while the – the ownership is still in flux in terms of who might be buying the team. They're, they're, tr they're trying to make a sale of the franchise. He's not ready to make a commitment to a team that still is unsure of what their future is going to be in terms of management and ownership, but also yeah. their teams in salary cap trouble like the Vancouver Canucks, like the Tampa Bay Lightning that might have to shed some really good players in order to free up salary space. So I don't know, maybe Elias Pettersson, might be available. You're, you're going to give up more. You're going to have to give up more to get Elias Pettersson than what you have gotten to to get Pierre-Luc Dubois. But my point is, there are really, really great players that could fit yes. well with Carolina, that Carolina needs, that are available. You can make these moves and not have to give up a whole lot in order to do so. That's all I'm trying to say. Let's get him. All right. Let's, let's go get him. Yes, exactly. Go get that guy. I would love Pierre-Luc Dubois <laughs> in Carolina. Gosh, that would have been awesome. All right, let's go to number four. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. Speaking of the Canes, we have their schedule, Chris, for this upcoming season already. It's amazing how fast the NHL just works that thing, right? 82 games, here you go. No, like, and no NFL. Hey, next week we're going to give you the first game of the season, and then we're going <laughs> to give you another week before we give you the second game of the season. Then everything gets leaked. But we have the Canes schedule for this upcoming season. And in typical NHL scheduling fashion for the Carolina Hurricanes, home opener to start the season, and then a nice long six-game road trip while the State Fair is in town. Get ready for Canes After Dark, folks. 
Yeah, uh, no, October, excuse me, is uh, the complete opposite of what January looks like. October, three games uh, at home, the rest, I think seven of them are on the road. And then and January is going to be interesting. They're going to be on the road the 2nd, January 5th, and January 24th. That's it. After that, yeah. they basically have one, two, three, four, five. They have eight games at home. Um, and one of the interesting things that I, I saw about the schedule was, of course, UNC is going to play at NC State in football mm-hmm. on November 25th. I was kind of wondering before this came out, is there going to be uh, some sort of conflict of interest or maybe two um, events going on at the same time yeah. over at that complex? And luckily, we're not going to have that. So you're going to have November 24th for the Canes at home against the uh, Lightning and then, of course, the 26th. So we're going to completely avoid that, which is cool. And then the other thing that I noticed that was very interesting hmm. Um after April 7th, the Canes will wrap up at home. Then they have four straight games on the road yeah. uh, within eight days' time of, uh, of, of each other uh, to end off the regular season. So with that being the case, um, I was kind of wondering, for the Carolina Hurricanes, are you going to have to be in position to already have the division wrapped up before that before you go on the road and yeah. possibly face a big team like Boston or St. Louis and that could possibly knock you out of uh, of you know the standings to get the division so that's going to be a huge moment towards the end of the year something that we'll probably have to look out for. something we will have to look out for for sure but some some home dates to keep in mind for example you mentioned Chicago Monday February 19th the Chicago Blackhawks come to PNC Arena again Monday, February 19th. The guy anticipated to be the number one overall pick in the NHL draft, Connor Bedard, oh. can be going to the Chicago Blackhawks. That's a game you definitely want to come watch and see for sure. If you want to get a chance to see that young man play in person, I'm already looking forward to that date, and it's a few months away. But February 19th is definitely a day to look forward to as well. Again, Carolina Hurricane schedule is out. We get Canes after dark early in the season. We get that early West Coast trip after that home opener. And then in December, they got another West Coast trip. This is actually when they do the Western Canada tour where they go to Winnipeg, Edmonton, Calgary, uh, some of those other places. So a couple of those West Coast trips are going to happen in the early half of the season. But then in January, January and a good chunk of February, lots of home games which is great because when it's dark at 5 o'clock, you don't have to worry about staying up till 10 p.m. for that puck drop out there in Seattle. Yeah, especially you since you uh, work all the games. Yeah, I know. I, that's exactly I'm, – I'm talking about this more for me than anything else. All right, next up. One, two, three. Uh, and uh, apparently Germans love NFL football, Chris. They love it so much that um, 1.4 million people were trying to sell – trying to buy tickets to this Chiefs-Dolphins game in Frankfurt, Germany. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened. Uh, this These tickets went on sale, and – 15 minutes later, it sold out. But let's say you logged on just a minute or two late. Yeah. Those people got messages that basically that there are 1.4 million people in the queue ahead of them. Yeah. That is just absolutely wild to have that many people. It shows the popularity of the sport in Germany, shows how much it's growing. Also, not a bad game to try to be witnessing it either. Like Chiefs, Dolphins. Uh, hopefully that's going to be a, a really good game for them. It sounds like that would be a pretty much a playoff caliber game yeah. uh, here in the United States if it was in January. Uh, but, yeah, one, mi- one million people 
more than 1 million people showing up to try to uh, buy some tickets for, for that particular game really shows the growth of, the, of this sport. Here's the thing about out there is that this is a special attraction, right? Much like we saw here at the stadium series at Carter Finley Stadium, it yeah. was an attraction. It's a special event because the simple fact that they don't get NFL games out there, yeah, there's going to be a high demand for them because, again, the 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 availability or the opportunity, I should say, to go to these events is just not – it's just so scarce that, yeah, I'm going right. to jump in line to try and get – try and get there if I can. And it's going to be a raucous crowd, and the NFL is going to make a lot of money over this. Uh, and you know what? It should be a, hopefully a fun experience for the players out there as well. Hopefully while they're out there, they'll get to experience a little bit of the of, of Germany, of Frankfurt. I think it's super cool. And I'm not it, – it's weird. I'm not surprised that there was a long line, but we hear 1.4 million people in the queue waiting to get tickets. You thought people were in line to get Taylor Swift tickets. Oh, goodness. Let's go yeah. to number two. And I don't even care who number two is. Chris, could you imagine having a foreign country upset with you? Like Paulo Bancaro? <laughs> As an individual, no, that sounds scary. Yeah. But imagine if you're being Paulo Bancaro, former number one overall pick, former Duke basketball star, is actually a dual citizen with Italy. He talked about playing in the FIBA World Championships potentially for Italy, actually potentially playing in the Olympics for Italy back in 2020. COVID screwed everything up regarding that, but he was talked about honoring his father's Italian heritage, potentially playing for Italy in international competition. Well, he said, you know what? Actually, I'm going to play for the United States, the country I was born in when it comes to the FIBA World Championships, and this upset some people. Yeah, he's actually going after uh, the heritage from his mom's side. Yes. <laughs> Which, and plus, the, you know, basically he grew up here in the United States of America. Yeah. Uh, so Gianni Petrucci, he's the Italian Basketball Federation president. Mm -hmm. He was upset with Paula Bancaro. He says this, quote, Betrayal is a big word mm. in sports. These things happen. And personally, I'm used to it. I consider it a joke, which is basically something that was translated. But he's upset with Paulo Bencaro. Paulo, um, of course, as you said, wanted to uh, play for the Italian national team. But that's also when he said that he was in high school. Mm -hmm. um, maybe he didn't realize that he was going to be as good as he ended up being. Yeah, maybe he didn't realize that he'd be one of the people would have an opportunity this young to play for Team USA in the FIBA World Cup that's coming up. So maybe he was just saying that, like, okay, like if they're gonna, if I'm potentially shut out, if I'm not one of the top 15 players that they're gonna choose uh, for this roster, I guess 12 people for the roster, then maybe I could go to Italy and know that I'm guaranteed and, and play there. Yeah, and. Um, he made a choice to play with uh, the United States of America, which I don't blame him. Now, Italy does have some pretty good basketball prospects, right? Like, you're going to play with Danilo Gallinari, right? He has a pretty good career in the NBA. Yeah. But otherwise, you're going to play with a bunch of Chris Lees and Dennis Coxes. And I don't think that you want to do that. You have the opportunity mm -hmm. to play with some of the best players in the world who also are American and to represent the United States of America, especially since he's from Seattle, Washington. Uh, I think it's a good move from him, but I do understand why Italy is a little bit upset. Hey, it's Team USA basketball, right? 
I mean, it's the legacy of the dream team and, and the Facts. and the guys who have played in, in those uniforms before. And not only just the dream team, but the redeem team, right? That had yeah. LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Kobe, Chris Paul, and, and uh, Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I want to put on that USA uniform. Heck yeah, I would do that. Um, pretty cool, though. Either way, to be representing a country in the in in, world, in international competition, which, by the way, hope everyone out there is following uh, U.S. lacrosse right now in the World Lacrosse Championships. Undefeated in pool play. Just want to let you know. All right, let's get to our top story, Chris. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take, but also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. More great news for carry commuters. With the new GoCarry app, you can track your bus live on the interactive map feature. Stay informed with the latest news and service updates right at your fingertips. Save your favorite locations and routes for quick and easy access, making your daily commute a breeze. Plus, with the GoCarry app, you can easily connect to GoCarry.org for even more resources and information. Best of all, the GoCarry app is absolutely free to download on the Apple and Google Play stores. GoCarry, where getting there is just a tap way okay uh actually real quick note it was a um it was a reporter we talked about the heart trophy with Connor mcdavid i just saw the note uh the heart trophy Connor mcdavid wins the nhl mvp uh one person did not vote him for his mvp voted him fifth uh it was a guy from pittsburgh the pittsburgh uh pittsburgh post tribune uh mm. that did not do it so there you go Someone from mm. Pittsburgh. Someone has a vendetta. That's all I'm gonna say. Can we find this guy and try to interview him tomorrow? I, I you know what? He's we probably, gotta ask him why. He's probably getting a lot of uh, a lot of interview <laughs> requests right now. But you know what? I'm gonna see if I can make that happen. So something I would like to see make happen, Chris. Maybe we can text him meet. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Scott Federer should text the word meet. M E A T. Much like our listeners are doing to 919-860-5326 to be in our Wing Your Weight Meat Contest. Maybe Scott Fitterer needs to text meat to DeAndre Hopkins' agent to get him in Charlotte to play for the Carolina Panthers. Because according to Sal Palantonio of ESPN, there's a potential that Carolina still in the mix for D-Hop. Carolina's lurking. Cleveland is lurking for sure. But if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, do I want to go to Carolina with a rookie wide receiver do I want to go to Cleveland or do I want to go to New England where I can be coached by Bill I Belichick? I might take Cleveland, actually. Mm. You know what? Mm. Uh, I don't I don't know if, uh, if Cleveland – I mean, Cleveland, I guess, sounds good if you want to get back with Deshaun Watson and their homeboys and that type of thing, right? Uh, but for D-Hop, uh, if he does go, get a chance to come to North Carolina to play with the Carolina Panthers – notice I said North Carolina. Yeah. Um, it's an opportunity to – to come home, he's from South Carolina, one, and two, maybe start building your legacy with a quarterback who probably will end up building his legacy as well. You can have your name attached to him and Bryce Young. Um, This move only makes sense to me um, 
because you want Bryce Young to be set up to win now, right? Yeah. Uh, you do have $27 million in cap space, but you have other needs. You have to possibly get another edge rusher. Maybe you look around and you see that Dante Jackson isn't um, has, has healed from his Achilles injury from last year as you'd like him to be. And you need depth that's cornerback anyway, so maybe you need to go get a cornerback or two uh, from free agency. And, and then also, yeah, you got to sign Brian Burns to a really big, maybe historic contract to keep him around with the team, which the team says that is coming. Yeah. So all of those could be factors in why the Carolina Panthers do not go get D-Hop. But if you can still make all of that happen and, and give Bryce Young the, the best possible setup that he could have to go out there and win and succeed and put up points and throw for a bunch of yards and, and touchdowns, go get D-Hop. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. I would say do that first, in all honesty. Make make DeAndre Hopkins your number one priority because I get it. You do need help at corner. You do need help at edge. But those guys are going to be a lot cheaper of an option than DeAndre Hopkins. You could rework someone's contract to bring in those other positions that you mentioned, whether it's corner or an edge rusher opposite of Brian, Brian Burns, on a one-year rental. So you don't have to worry about their contracts down the future. And you can... And here's the thing, a contract extension that you sign with De- with uh, Brian Burns isn't going to impact your cap really much at all this upcoming season. And you can always restructure someone else's contract to free up cap space. The NFL is weird in that regard. But here's the thing that excites me about the, the possibility of DeAndre Hopkins in the sense that you don't have to ask the young players that are in your receiving core in terms of Jonathan Bingo, the second-round pick from this year out of Ole Miss, or Terrace Marshall Jr., who's just a third-year receiver, who we've seen banged up a little bit early in his career, and unfortunately with Matt Rule, didn't really get much opportunity to actually showcase what he can do. So still question marks regarding him. You don't have to ask as much of those young guys right away early in their careers. It gives them an opportunity to develop. You mentioned they might have a future number one wide receiver on their team right now, but that's future. You still need a number one right now. Adam Thielen is your de facto number one. It's nice for him to be the complimentary piece because that's what he's been pretty much his entire career, whether it's playing alongside Stephon Diggs or playing alongside Justin Jefferson out in Minnesota. He can still be that number two guy for your team. DJ Chark, you know what? He's been oft injured throughout much of his career, so also having another top-end receiver, if he does get hurt, which – I hate saying this, is likely just based off of history. Guess what? Those other young guys, you have that depth uh, in terms of your lineup or helps build depth within your lineup as well. And we have to factor in a guy like LaVisca Chenault as well. He can be that gadget piece that they've talked about using him. Having that number one wide receiver changes everyone else's role, but also opens up opportunities for everyone else more because defenses have to factor in where DeAndre Hopkins is out there on the field. Right now, I don't feel like they have that on their team, and I think having Hopkins out there opens things up for everybody else. Yeah, I don't think they have the one person, but I do think that in total, like if you look at the totality of what's on this team, when you have Miles Sanders who can uh, be a three-down back, he wants to be a three-down back, but also he's pretty good catching out the backfield too. He doesn't have hands of stone. He has soft hands that can catch. Then you have Hayden Hurst, and then maybe you give him a three-wide receiver look with, Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and uh, Terrace Marshall Jr. That is a lot to keep up with. And I know a a lot of folks around here 
aren't necessarily fans of that. They look at that and they're like, so what? Yeah. But if you look at uh, a lot of those guys individually, what they have done in years prior with their teams when they're all healthy, right? And, and I'm saying if they're all, all on the field together, that still gives a lot of teams something uh, to, you know, different things to kind of worry about. Um, you know, so, but adding D-Hop is that extra little, sometimes you just need that extra little piece of the recipe. I don't know if you've ever cooked something, Dennis, and you taste it, you're like, man, this tastes good but it doesn't really give me that punch that I really need. I need one little small ingredient. That could be mm-hmm. D-Hop for the Carolina Panthers. It could be Yannick Ngakwe, though, on the other side of the ball as a defensive end. We don't know exactly what it is uh, that they would need to get them over that hump. I already think right now that they are going to have a better year than what they had last year for, for sure. a lot of obvious reasons. One named Matt Rule, but one of the reasons that I think they're going to have a better season what they had than what they had last year is they're they're the only questions we have are really depth a a lot of a lot of teams have questions on who's going to win out in different positions Mm -hmm. i think we know the main players in the different positions with the carolina panthers we know who's going to be what for the panthers right now now we just need to see uh who they can add to that recipe and what kind of depth they can build with it to to make it a little bit more sustainable and maybe D-Hop is that guy. We'll see what happens. Hey, that little piece you're missing, just a couple extra cranks of that black pepper and some paprika, Chris. That's all you really need to do. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what you need. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care, to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org.